And then when you start doing it for five minutes, you end up getting over that initial inertia and moving. The only advice that I would have would be start and start small. So don't say, I am changing my diet fully and forever. I think that's pretty daunting. But I think if you say, okay, I'm going to try to go this week without having any beef, or I'm going to try to go this week not eating beef, chicken, or pork, or I'm going to try to go you know, a smaller segment of time. We started out with a month, and it wasn't that hard, and we sort of just kept doing it. Hi, this is Joshua Spodek, and this is Leadership in the Environment. You're not the only one who cares about your impact enough to act. You're part of a global community undeterred by people saying, if others don't change first, then what I do doesn't matter, and other excuses. We've read the science. We can do this. This show is about personal responsibility, acting, and improving your life by your values. As guest after guest says, the challenge was hard, but thank you for getting me to do it. I wish I'd done it earlier. Listen on for leaders to inspire you, hear their struggles, and then act. Go to joshuaspodick.com slash podcast to commit to a public, personal challenge of your own. You're not alone, and you don't have to wait for others. This was a fun, simple conversation with Dan Pink. If you've been listening to this podcast, a couple of the recent conversations I've had were with people who had some big personal growth that came through overcoming big challenges. I don't want you to think that this is always going to be a big challenge. In the case of Dan, the story is that it was really simple. And sometimes these challenges he'd been putting off for some time, and you may be thinking of doing something, and sometimes it's really easy. And not only was it easy, but it's something he did with his wife. So it was a group, a community, a family sort of thing. If you're also listening to this when it's just come out, his book, When, just hit the market. So you'll get to hear a little bit of us talking about what it's like to market a big book like that. Also to talk about TED Talks a bit. His has been viewed something like 40 million times. So please listen. And if you're thinking it's got to be a big thing, sometimes it's really easy. Last time we started right away with recording. So I hope you don't mind that we're recording right now. Go for it. And uh, a lot of me wants to ask, because you're in the midst, if your book comes out, if I remember right, in a month, a month and a couple of days. Yep. So I probably want to ask what goes into marketing a book for you, but I also am curious if time is tight. When last we spoke, you were going to do a month of reducing your meat intake by a fair amount. Yeah. It's been a lot more than a month. So yeah. I wonder if it's been a big experience for you, if it's been a challenge, if it's, how did it go? Yeah, it actually went pretty well. My wife and I did it for a month and we decided to continue doing it. And so what I've done, you know, it's a little bit idiosyncratic. It, it, what we did is we have eliminated beef, pork, chicken, and then also milk, cheese, butter from our diet, partly for health reasons, a little bit for you know, moral reasons. And we continue to eat fish and eggs. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm happy with it. I mean, I, I'm glad I did it, actually. And I, I'm surprised I was able to stick with it. I'm surprised how little I missed that other stuff. And so I feel like the story here is that it's not much of a story. It's like you could have, it wasn't so hard. Was it yeah, your expectations? It I was a vegetarian for a few years in my like, mid to late 20s, something like that, mm-hmm. just for a couple of years. So I had a little bit of experience with that. But, you know... I'm a little bit older than my late 20s right now. So I got a couple of decades of experience from that. And in this couple of decades, you know, I partly because I had kids and 
I was eating, you know, occasional hamburger and steak and I love bacon and chicken and huge amounts of cheese and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, to your question, Josh, I thought it would be difficult to, I thought I would end up craving the stuff that I was eliminating. Mm -hmm. And I also thought that there wouldn't be that much variety in my diet and I would get bored. It would be hard, you know, it would be a hassle and that I would miss stuff. And I found that neither one of those is quite true. On the first part, on the missing stuff and the craving, I basically have none. I mean, every once in a while, I really want pizza, but uh-huh. that's it. And, and I've actually started eating something I didn't think I'd eat before, you know, pizza without cheese, which is actually not bad. And um, the good stuff, yeah. Yeah, and so that wasn't that hard. And in terms of finding food to eat, it's actually really not that hard. I mean, there are a lot of options available. So in general, it was a, a positive, clearly. And in general, it was easier than I would have expected when you and I first chatted. Would you have done it earlier if you knew this outcome would happen? Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. I'm kind of asking because I think a lot of people listening, the guests on the show, a lot of them, they talk about something that they wanted, like there's something that they care about in the environment. And they're often like, I don't know what to do though. And then we talk a little bit and something comes out and they always knew something they wanted to do. They just never really allowed it to come forth. Yeah. Maybe at a subconscious level, but it wasn't anything that I was like, you know, thinking about and saying, oh no, I don't want to do that. I can't remember even the genesis of it. But again, you know, knowing what I know now, I might've done it. I might've done it earlier, but you know, I'm glad that I did it now. And so how is it with the wife? Was it, was it just the two of you? Was it more than the two of you? Well, our, the interface with other people is always a big thing. So my wife has been, she's just a more disciplined person than I am in general. So she, it's been, I think it's been little problem with her. Like for instance, for me, like okay, I had a little bit of turkey on Thanksgiving and there was one other instance, I can't remember what it was, where I might've had some cheese like once, but I don't think that she has veered at all in the last several months. So it's probably better and this is true in many dimensions, that it's probably better for me that I'm married to her than it is for her that she's married to me. <laughs> That's great. And when we spoke before, I think you were saying you were dropping down to half the amount, but you dropped almost everything. I think you said you were doing half the, what you used to have. No, the, uh, the limitation was on duration. I was only going to do it for a month to uh-huh. see how it goes. Okay. And, yeah, but I had a beginning and an end. And what we decided to do, because it turned out to be far less traumatic and far more beneficial than I expected, is say, okay, let's keep doing this for a while. And do you think about like till forever? Do you think about that? Or are you just like, well, we'll just keep going and not really think more about it? Forever is a long time. I mean, the truth of the matter is I'm not thinking about it all that much. Just sort of what I, you know, I mean, you all, you're in other stuff. Like if, if you do something for a certain amount of time, it just becomes habitual and you don't even think about it. And so when I see, say, a hamburger on a menu, it's not like, oh, I really wish I had a hamburger. I don't feel that way at all. It's like, okay, I'm I'm not going to have a hamburger. Um, it's like a non-issue. Is, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's become less of, a, of an issue. Every once in a while, if I'm traveling and I'm really hungry, it's frustrating. But I haven't found it that, that, I haven't found it that, that difficult. I'm glad to hear that. You know, since talking to you before, there have been some big changes, big social changes that have happened that I'm modeling the changes that I'm trying to create off of are like wearing seatbelts when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Sure. People get mad at you if you told them what to do or, or yeah. drinking and driving. It's yeah. much less successful now smoking. Yeah. And I'd love to see things like what we do with respect to the environment go the way of putting on a seatbelt, which is, yeah. do you think about putting on a seatbelt? Do you ever drive without one? I'd love for this exactly. to go Same that thing. way. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So were there any big hurdles? Were there any big, I mean, was there any time you were like with friends at dinner and they were like, let's go to the steakhouse or something like that? Or I don't know, was there anything that was hard? You know, what's interesting is that, that there might've been, but they don't stick in my memory as anything dramatic or traumatic or, you know, incredible obstacles that I somehow surmounted. 
there were times, especially early on, where I craved pizza, where it was, you know, eight o'clock at night and I hadn't eaten dinner. And I was thinking, God, I would just love a big old pizza right now. But that went away in once I actually got some food, whatever it is that I ate. Mm-hmm. And so that was fine. And otherwise, no, it's for me, the since I have to travel somewhat, I was a little bit concerned about what can I eat when I'm traveling? Mm-hmm. Because there, the options are far, far more limited. But I've found that it, it, it ended up being doable with travel. So, you know, the a lot of airports now sell these little packets of hummus and pretzels. Yeah. So that ends up being that ends up being a staple. And because I eat eggs, they also many places are selling hard boiled eggs. So you have like two hard boiled eggs and a thing of hummus and crackers. That's a pretty good lunch. Listen to this glamorous guy. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Now that's actually a pretty good lunch. You get some good protein there, you're not hungry, it mm-hmm. tastes reasonably good, it's easy to get. And so, you know, it's all good. Yeah, you I don't think you even need a, a fork or a spoon if you don't have one. Yeah, it's true. Right. Yeah. And uh I'm kind of curious, are you thinking about next steps? If this one wasn't so much, then are there things on your mind or things you might've been thinking of that now are, maybe it was past what you could have done before and now you're like, maybe something more achievable. No, <laughs> I haven't. I mean, I probably should start thinking that way, but I haven't been, you know, I haven't been. So okay. in, in terms of other kinds of behaviors, um, no. Yeah, I think actually stopping eating beef is like one of the biggest ones. I don't know the numbers, but people always talk about that being one of the biggest changes people can make with respect to the environment as well. You know, yeah, and, yeah, 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 and, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And it, you know, and, and I knew intellectually some of the, the reasons for doing it, for instance, if you think about, you know, uh, I, this is not original to me, I've heard it said many times, but you know, a cow is a very inefficient way to turn plants into protein. Yeah. And you can turn plants into protein much more directly. And that ends up being better for the environment and in general, better for people's bodies. But again, I don't think about, I I don't truly don't, I mean, maybe I should, but I don't really think about what other people are doing. I'm not out there trying to proselytize people to do what I'm doing at at all. I just want to make choices in my own life work for me. I asked if there were hurdles, but were there cases where you were, did people ask you about it or did not come up? Like a lot of times, I guess when I was younger, people who were vegetarian, it was like a bigger deal. And you'd have to explain things like now, certainly in Manhattan, the last time I was at a restaurant that didn't have something on the menu vegetarian. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And depends on, you know, it sort of depends, depends on where in the country you are. I think some of it, not all of it is bounded by, by social class. You know, so, you know, people who are college educated probably are slightly more likely to be vegetarians and vegans and people who are not college educated. So if you're living in a big city and surrounded by a lot of college educated people, it's like, it's not anything unique. It's, I'm not sure besides with you and my wife, I've had a conversation about this with anybody because nobody really, people actually don't really care what I eat. You know, <laughs> they care what uh, they eat, but they don't care what I eat. I want to be like exclusive scoop for my listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No one else knows. Feeling inspired? Do you like hearing others acting that you're not alone? Go to joshuaspodek.com slash podcast to hear other interviews, but even more valuable. Join the growing community of people who care enough to act, not just talk. Read the list of people who have taken on personal challenges and then commit to one yourself. Don't be surprised if you end up loving it, changing more, and finding people following you without you even trying. That's what happens when you improve your life by living by your values. And I want to wrap up this part about this because I think as, like, there's not much of a story here and that's the story. It's like- Yeah, that's well well said. Yeah. There's not much of a story here and that's the story. Well said. Yeah. And that hopefully people who are listening, if they're thinking of, am I going to do this or not? It could be more of a difficult thing than I thought. And maybe it's a big deal. Maybe not. You just take a step and sometimes it's really easy. Yep. And then, uh, so any words to listeners that didn't come up 
any advice or any thoughts? No, I, I think if there's anything on any, you know, on any kind of behavior change, there's a way I think to not quite trick yourself. Well, you can call it trick yourself, which is just, and I do this sometimes like at work productivity. It's like, okay, God, I really don't feel like working, but okay, I'll just do this for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then when you start doing it for five minutes, you end up actually getting over that initial inertia and moving. So I think there's a, the only advice that I would have would be start and start small. So don't say I am changing my diet fully and forever. I think that's pretty daunting. But I think if you say, okay, I'm going to try to go this week without having any beef, or I'm going to try to go this week not eating beef, chicken, or pork, or I'm going to try to go, you know, a smaller segment of time. We started out with a month and it wasn't that hard and we sort of just kept doing it. Simple advice. It's yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't think it's brain surgery here. It's just start small. Yeah. When I used to go to the gym, now I do workouts at home, but I would just say, I'm just going to go to the gym. I'm just going to walk in the front door. If I said I'm going to go for two hours, I wouldn't go. Yeah. No, it's like, I mean, I do that sometimes with running is that what I'll do is I will put on my running clothes mm-hmm. and I feel like I have a strangely, that's why I have a jacket on and everything here. I have a strangely busy Saturday. I mean, my Saturday today is just packed with work stuff. Mm-hmm. But if I were to stay in these clothes, like at some point when I'm free of certain obligations and I still have work to do, I will change into my running clothes. I'll still do my work mm-hmm. and simply being in those running clothes will make it much more likely that I will run later today than if I were to stay in these clothes. Yeah, it really does change your behavior more than you think, more than you expect, I guess. Yeah. Nice little trick there. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, you trick yourself, but it also is just, you know, if you think about, you know, some of it is is physical, physical in the sense that it's rooted in Newtonian physics and that, you know, a body in motion stays in motion, a body at rest stays at rest. So if you are at rest, that is, you're not doing something today, chances are you're not going to be doing that tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And overcoming that initial inertia takes a lot of force. It has to be acted on by an outside force. So, But once you have that force, then a body in motion stays in motion. Mm-hmm. And if there's not that much friction out there, if you can reduce the friction, then you can stay in motion. You know, that big thing, because you were saying do these little steps. Have you ever heard of a, do you know what a trim tab is? Have you ever heard this about how boats steer? No. I'm probably the least nautical person you've ever met. I learned this because I taught this class in systems thinking, I'm going to do this one thing. If you have a big boat and you want to turn it I guess, to starboard, to the right, you know, you turn the, the rudder to the left. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. You turn the t- rudder to the right and eventually the boat will turn. Mm-hmm. It's still hard to turn that boat. So apparently on the end of a rudder, there's a little rudder. Oh. And that little rudder makes the whole rudder okay. turn. Okay. So you turn the trim tab in the opposite direction, the whole rudder turns. So I think of the, you look for these little trim tab things. Yeah, that's a good analogy. I like that. Yeah, it sticks, even if you know, it, I'm not nautical either. <laughs> yeah. So I'd love to ask a few questions about what it's like going into the launch of, of when. Okay. Are you in the thick of things? Are you on, in the middle of a book tour? No, the book tour doesn't start till, doesn't, doesn't start for about a month, but I, there's a lot of um, enormous amount of, of preparation. So I'm, you know, there are articles that I need to write based on the book that will appear eventually. I'm doing interviews that will, you know, be in the can now and will mm. then be released later on. I, I spent the morning doing some videos. So there's a lot of, preparation stuff before the actual launch launch. Is it exciting? Is it overbearing? Is it, I'm kind of curious how the emotion is of it. For me, it's neither exciting nor daunting. For me, the, the key emotion, is, I like the challenge. You know, how can I get these ideas out? How can I do cool and creative things? How can I reach people? How can I overcome, you know, it's very challenging getting ideas out into the world. 
And, you know, can I be as creative and tenacious as possible in getting ideas out in the world? So I don't have, you know, I'm neither pumped up and excited, nor am I daunted. I just, you know, it's, to me, it's just like, it's a really interesting challenge. Interesting. So it's, it's just like, this is, I got this book. I got some ideas that are out there. I think it'll make the world a better place. What do I do to make it get out there? And then you do exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad to hear that. All the marketing stuff. Is I'm not like, a particularly emotional. It, it just could be personally idiosyncratic. I'm not a particularly like emotionally volatile guy. You know, I, I'm just, I don't have a very wide emotional range. So for me, you know, I just think of it as, but I like the challenge. I like that part of it because it's mm-hmm. interesting and it forces you to be creative and it forces you, it, you know, requires a lot of persistence. And so I like that part of it. Okay. Sounds like it's a recipe for getting the job done. Yeah. And getting the job done with some satisfaction. It isn't purely work a day. It's like, you know, I spent two years working on something. The book is whatever, 70,000 words long. How do I explain that in 2000 words? How do I explain that in 500 words? How do I explain that in 20 words? That's a challenge, but it's a challenge in a positive sense. It's a challenge in that it's a puzzle I want to solve. So, you know, it's interesting, but yeah, you know, maybe it's my age. Maybe it's the fact that I've done this for a while. I'm not like, I'm neither freaked out nor pumped up. I'm just challenged. Okay. All right. Now this is the last one. Cause you're talking about the challenge of making things shorter and shorter and shorter. I'm talking to Ted, you know, Ted people. How was it to get a message down to 18 minutes or less? Was that really hard? Was that a big challenge too? Or I mean, my view of like, if you have an idea and you can't explain it in 18 minutes, you don't have a good idea. So you already had it down before you started? Well, I mean, I had the idea, but I could explain it. I mean, it's seriously, if you have an idea and you can't explain it in 18 minutes, then it's not that good of an idea, period. Well, there's the stories and, you know, you have to have compelling, like I can explain the idea short, but then to make it so that people want to act yeah. on it. But that's true. But that's, that's true for no matter what your limit is, it's always a, a chat. I mean, we don't have infinite time. That's why that those, you know, that, so that's basically the liberation of constraints. So if you say, explain your idea in 18 minutes, you got to be able to do that. But, you know, there's some constraints. I think it's more challenging. Can you explain it in one minute? Mm-hmm. Can you explain your idea in one minute? Can you explain your idea in 30 seconds? You know, those kinds of constraints force us to be more creative, force us to be sharper and clearer. Well, that certainly raises the bar. Yeah. All right, then let's wrap up here. And thank you very much. I'll let you get back to your the busy Saturday. And I'm going to leave it open just in case something goes on your mind. And you think, you know, after that food thing, I want to do something else. And you want to come back and be on again? Yeah, it's good. I'm, I mean, I hadn't thought about that until you planted it in my head. So maybe there is something like that. In terms of health behaviors, I'm actually fairly healthy. I exercise pretty regularly. So that's one thing that I, I don't feel like I need to do. And I don't have any other kind of high-risk behaviors. I don't drive without a seatbelt. I don't do like extreme sports. I don't smoke. I'm not a blackout drinker, uh-huh. but there probably are other kinds of things. You know, I don't know, maybe at some point, um, I, I read all this stuff about meditation. I've never been a meditator, so maybe I should take up meditation. But first, I got to get this book out. The uh, health is awesome. My focus is more environmental and how it yeah. affects pollution and global yeah. warming, things like that. I but, mean, we're, I got a five-person family. We're one car. It's a Prius, so that's not bad. Mm-hmm. I recycle. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So maybe there are other environmental behaviors that I'm missing. Yeah, if one comes up, and yeah. you feel like talking about it and influencing okay, cool. more yep. people through yep. this podcast, yep. Yep. great. I'm glad for your listeners. I mean, I think it's, you know, could be somewhat interesting to do the, the way you did it, sort of the before and after. So, hey, here's this guy setting out to do this thing. Let's follow up in a couple of months and see how he does it. And it turned out, as you say, very thoughtfully, it's like the story is that it's not a big story. Yeah, I think that's gonna be a great message for listeners. Yeah, yeah I want to yeah, put it one little different, another difference is not just the two parts, but also I don't tell people what their challenge should be. I ask them what they care about and have them come up with a challenge. 
because there's a mm. lot of tips out there. That's why I'm not saying, yeah, yeah, how, yeah, how about yeah, this? How about that? Yeah, 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 if yeah. you come up with it, I want to follow, but I don't want to tell you what to do. I see. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. I want to let you get back to your stuff because I think okay. looking at the clock, it's time to wrap up. All righty. Thank you very much. I'll send My you a link when it's up and okay, I'll talk yep. to you again soon. Okay. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye. Bye. Sometimes these changes are really easy. A lot of people look at changing your diet as really, really hard. Sometimes it's easy. As he said, it works well to start with something small, build and build and build. That's what happened with him. I recommend committing to a public personal challenge too. If you go to joshuaspodat.com slash podcast, click on commit to a personal challenge, then you'll add an element of accountability, which helps people get things done and it will be public. So you will get to lead others. Did you feel inspired too? Then act. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and click to commit to your personal challenge so you can inspire others. Value means better and worse, and living by your values means living better by your values. You may struggle at first, but it's the hero's journey from living by others' values to living by yours. People say that little things add up. I won't argue against it, but what I find counts is acting. Doing something, anything, starts that mindset shift from the debilitating others should act first or making excuses to the empowering I can make a difference and living by my values improves my life. I don't have to wait for others to act first. I'm looking for leaders, people who will bring what works here in this podcast to communities I haven't reached. Billions of people want to change their behavior. There's room for leadership from personal leadership of just yourself to whatever scale you want. Start by acting and changing yourself. Go to joshuaspodak.com slash podcast and commit to your personal challenge.